All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back. What's up? It's been, it feels like it's been a minute. How long has it been? A couple of days, right? It's been a couple of days, but welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag CB99Talks, episode 141. I've been doing this a while, man. And yeah, I'm live. I'm live on this one, y'all. So yeah, been on on this channel now for like, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how long we've been doing these lives for like three years now. It's crazy feels like it's been only like a year but yeah we back man what's going on y'all easy to hit that like button yeah yeah you can hit the like button but it's kind of weird like the likes are all glitched up right now you know i don't know what it is like the likes are really like glitched up on youtube i, I think they're going through like some type of process where they're trying to um update the system Cause even like it's been messed with videos and views and things like that and i i think it's been messed with people's su subscriber count too so i don't know what's going on but man what's up y'all um we back man and i just want to get into it and you know talk talk some fights that's what we here for yeah man appreciate it. he said keeping the content rolling you know we try to i try to <laughs> i try to you know i get on here i'm always watching some fights man i just got done watching cameron taylor too again easy and i don't know easy i thought i thought cameron taylor could have edged that fight i had it 95 94 for cameron taylor or chantel chantel cameron or 95 95 it could have been a draw it could have went it could have it could have been a draw um it could have been for cameron it could have been for taylor but to me i thought first off yeah let's get that out of the way man um i just commented too on uh, somebody had commented on a picture and said that chantel cameron got robbed of a knockdown and yeah i thought katie taylor got her behind knocked down in the first round man she got knocked down. Cameron Taylor did knock Katie Taylor down. I'm gonna post it too, man. Like both angles. And this look, that's what I want to say before I talk about this fight. Look, Chantel Cameron had three things against her this fight: the referee, the commentators, and the crowd. I mean, the referee, he was jumping in, pushing her back, warning her for nothing. Katie Taylor was doing the holding. You know, I mean, Katie Taylor, you know, she was outboxing her in some of the moments in the fight. Like, I'm not mad at the decision, but I'm mad at the how they robbed her of a knockdown. Okay, you know, Cameron dropped her clean. Like, even the commentators, they tried to make up for it, talking about maybe it was a touch of the, maybe like it was a bump of the glove or like she got tripped. No, man, like Katie Taylor's foot was on the outside of Cameron's foot. Chantel, Chantel Cameron's foot was nowhere near hers. I mean, from the angles I've seen that you could see that, I didn't see no trip. That was a clean left hand that put her down. Like her arms went flailing. Like there was no there was no slip of the feet. Like she didn't like stumble off balance. It was a clean punch that caught her off like her own balance. And when a punch connects and you're stumbling that counts as a knockdown because there's nothing else tripping you except your own balance 
So I thought that was a clean knockdown, man. I thought that was a clean knockdown for Chantel Cameron. So I gave her a 10-8 round on my scorecard. I gave her a 10-8 round. And to me, there was a couple of like back, back and forth rounds in there where I thought Katie Taylor was landing a lot of co combinations, but some of them were just like hitting the guard. I thought Cameron landed more body body punches towards the end of the fight, you know, towards like the second half of the fight. But to me, um, yeah, I think Katie was outboxing her in like round three. I think I gave Cameron four. I think it was five and six did go to Katie Taylor. But as Katie Taylor started to slow down in like round seven and eight, you know, she's not much. She's not really like an inside fighter. Like she, she'll tie up. Like Katie Taylor is tying up constantly. I mean, the proof is in this fight and proof is in a lot of her fights. Like she's not really an inside fighter. She'll tie up instead of like trying to land body punches or engaging, you know? So when I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe Cameron's going to try to capitalize and throw more body punches. And she did in round eight. I gave her round eight, but round nine, when Katie Taylor got back into the mix of just kind of throwing, throwing, throwing and tying up, I had to give her those rounds. Like if Cameron couldn't really like adjust and like fight her back, I couldn't really give her those rounds. You know, um, I wanted to because, you know, she was landing the cleaner punches when she would let him go. But Katie was still outlanding her at times in a couple of those rounds. Uh, I think Katie Taylor um, was a little gassed towards the end of the, round, end of the fight. I think the 10th round could have went either way. I did give it to Cameron. Um, yeah, so like I said, it could have been 95-95 if you scored the first round for Cameron as a 10-9, but 10-8 would have gave her a clear, you know, clear win to me, 95-94. Um, Easy said, yeah, she basically had to knock Taylor cold if she wanted to win. I didn't think she would win a close fight on the cards. No, not at this point. Even her being the champion. Even with her being the champion, they were ready to give it back to her. And you said they probably counted that cut on Cameron's damage, too. Yeah, that was a headbutt. That was a headbutt. Because Katie, you know, when she steps in, she'll headbutt you. You know, she'll headbutt you. She steps right in and she'll headbutt you. She won't. <laughs> like, she steps she steps in with her head and, and she'll catch you. So, yeah, um, they look at that. And they, they start to lean towards damage for Katie Taylor. And that's how they kind of score it. So, yeah, she wasn't going to win this fight unless it was, like, just constant knockdowns and clear beatings. And, you know, clear, you know, clear beatings in each exchange. Um, yeah, one judge had a 98-92. Nah, that was, a, that was not a 98-92 type of fight, man. Katie, I think she made certain adjustments from the first fight. But as the pace started to kind of pick up on the inside and as the fight went on she kind of slowed down um yeah the bad thing is i don't think a rematch is gonna happen people want a third fight i want a third fight you know it was a good grueling physical fight but i think she's i think katie taylor is gonna move on to that amanda serrano fight because now she said i'll happily fight amanda serrano in a 12 round three minute fight How's that sound? What do y'all think about that? Ravioli was he said it's about time for Katie Taylor to retire. Yeah, I think so, man. Um, might be about time for her to retire. She's what 38 years old. And you know, even as a mover and a boxer in there, she takes a lot of shots. You know, she's taking a lot of punishment, some rough fights. You know, Serrano, 
Delphine Pursun. Um, even in the McCaskill fight, that Medusa Leonardo fight that she fought. That yeah, what's her name? Leonardo too. And she's taking some punches in a lot of her fights, you know. So she's not really like this slick, slick boxer. She throws with quick hands, but like her her head movement isn't really there. Like she's not really like an upper body movement type of fighter. Her 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 defense is her footwork. And if you close distance on her, you know, you can get her. And that's how Chantel Cameron was able to get her in the first fight. This one here, I think Katie, you know, she moved more, moved and boxed more. And as the rounds went on, she started tying up more. And it kind of the, the tying up kind of frustrated Chantel Cameron because the referee, like I said, was kind of on Taylor's side in this fight and always looking at her like whenever Cameron was trying to fight her way out or she would hit her on the side because Katie was kind of sneaking little shots in. Cameron would try to return the favor, you know, but referee was always looking at her like she was the problem. But yeah, it was, you know, you know how it is like sold out crowd pro Katie Taylor. She's bouncing back to get the, the belts. And no knock to her as a fighter. I mean, she, she's putting on a war. Like, Katie Taylor, she, she's an exciting fighter. But I call it like I see it, man, when it comes to whoever lost the fight. You know, like, I thought, yeah, Katie Taylor put on an exciting fight. You know, she's a warrior. But when it comes down to the – the, I'm not against her as a fighter. I'm against how the judges look at it. <laughs> okay? I'm against how the judges look at this thing. But um, even the commentators, like I said, the commentators, man, they were just – Every little shot she was throwing, the crowd cheering for it. Even shots were just like on the glove, you know. So there was no way she was going to win a decision, really. Uh-uh. Yeah, I thought Serrano won, too. I thought Serrano won that fight. Um, but, yeah, a lot of wars. All right, six. A lot of wars, man. Um, from here, yeah, I think Katie Taylor, if she wants to go out on her, you know, one big fight, Maybe her and Amanda Serrano can run it back. I think uh, 12 three-minute rounds would favor Katie Taylor. I mean, Amanda Serrano. I think if Katie Taylor wants that fight, 12 three-minute rounds, I think that, that favors Amanda Serrano, though, because, you know, the pace is going to change. And if Serrano is able to push her and pressure her, you know, she's going to make, she's going to take away them legs early. You know, it's going to be a different type of fight. It's going to be a different type of fight in a Amanda Serrano fight. That's going to be three, three minute rounds. And that's 12 of them. All right. Um, but yeah, this age, I always forget too, man. Like, no, she's 37. Yeah. They got Katie Taylor. This is 37. I guess she's about to be 38. You know, yeah, that, that that's up there in boxer years, especially with the wars that she's been in. I don't think she has too many more, too many more wars in her. I think maybe she would be fine if she was more of a boxer and mover. Uh, you know, people don't give Clarissa Shields enough credit. Like Cl Clarissa Shields, you know, she's a technician in there. Like Clarissa, people can talk about the competition level between the two. But to me, I think Clarissa is just that better of a technician, like even on the inside. You know, Clarissa can fight on the inside. Uh, you know, she can take away punch output. You know, she lands good punches, you know on the outside inside and she can control from both ranges you know she can fight on the inside like she don't tie up a lot she can still control and fight so you know i think clarissa is a better technician than katie taylor when it comes down to it you know, katie is a good fighter like she's exciting and she throws a lot of punches but to me i still don't um 
I don't think she's like really a when it when the competition stepped up, she's not really dominating like that. Oh, Tay Tay, what's up? She said well, happy holidays. Oh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving and everything. You know, um, got another holiday coming up. Hope yours is good, Tay Tay. Uh, easy said, uh, Katie was hitting the air and the crowd was going wild. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, there was no way Cameron was gonna win this fight, man, because every time she would katie taylor would touch them gloves the crowd would go treat crowd going wild man they're going wild i was like man what's come on now like katie taylor ain't touching nothing i'm like you know that's why it was a couple rounds i know round four i gave the camera because i was like them flurries don't mean them flurries don't mean anything right there come on now but when she um she started getting katie taylor in the body in round eight katie started tying up man Katie was tying up a lot, man, around nine and ten. So, yeah, I think the more and more she fights these different competition type fighters like her and you know Amanda Serrano the next go around, I think Amanda Serrano might get her out of there for real. But yeah, um, yeah, really, you know, they have some. Oh man, my man, easy. You know, I'm gonna mention this up here. I mean, I know. Tay Tay, you saw it too, man. I'm, I got crushed too Saturday, man. My man, my man, Boo Boo Andre, man. Andre, man. Wow. Easy, you know I got to mention that fight, man. I was going for Demetrius, but on the real, I knew he was up in there with a bigger, powerful guy. It just came down to Boo Boo having the punching power and the speed, you know. And something told me like. After like the first couple rounds, I don't know if Boo Boo can keep this pace up, you know, because once you go in there and you try to muscle somebody that big in in the early in the early rounds, and he hasn't fully let loose the monster, you know, it's, you, you're gonna you want to gas yourself out, you know, you want to kind of gas yourself out in there. Um, Tay Tay said the only problem I have with Katie, she likes to hold too much yeah she holds a lot and that's what kind of turns yeah turns me off of the because you know it'd be slick holding too you know she'll be holding got in a couple of rabbit punches i see they exchange rabbit punches and then she was kind of like you, you know she'd be sneaking little things in there and the referee he'd be looking at camera like she was a problem so yeah i'll be seeing that but yeah she'd be holding too much in the later rounds she gotta fight more on the inside yeah benavidez chin so shout out to Benavidez Chin. Andre would have KO'd anyone, anyone else. Yeah, Andre, you know, he's a good, good technician, man, but he couldn't get that respect. I didn't really see him jabbing enough either, man. Like, I didn't see him throwing enough jabs in there. Maybe he just didn't want to step in straight because he didn't want to get hit with that right hand. But yeah, every time that he would throw a combination, Benavidez kept coming, man. That's what I'm saying. Benavidez, he's like the George Foreman in 168. You know, I think I'm going to have to dub him George Foreman at 168 because he'd be taking punches, man. But then he keep walking you down, man. He just keep walking you down. And like I said, if you don't really have, like, the stamina to keep up with him and, like, the combinations that can hurt him, like, if you don't rattle Benavidez, he's going to keep coming. And Boo Boo didn't really have that punching power. Um, derailed him. What's the name? Darrell. He didn't really have the punch, but Katie, not Katie Taylor, Caleb Plant. 
didn't have the punch and power, you know. And once he can take your punch, he'll just walk you down. Everything else is out the door. He don't mind taking a few punches. He'd be like, oh, I'm good. And, you know, I'm going to walk you down. But the day he meets somebody with the right punch and power and boxing ability, yeah, you have a problem. But, yeah, Boo Boo had a, a good show in the first two rounds, but I think he was using a lot of energy. But then when he couldn't get into that rhythm, well, it was the third round. He tried to he tried to stay into a rhythm, but then Benavidez, man, was tagging that body. Then all of a sudden, I was like, what happened? The pace changed. He started slowing down early. Like, Benavidez is hitting him punches to the gut, and all of a sudden, he just slowed down, and the pace changed, man. And then round four, he started getting wailed on and got dropped. And I'm like, what's going on, man? And going into round five, it was just getting beat down, you know, heavy punches heavy punch he couldn't even tie up anymore though back he tried i will give him that he did land he did clip benavidez with some good punches but he didn't have that punching power to hurt him man so after that sixth round i really don't blame him like what do y'all think man do y'all think it was do you think it was cool of him to stop it i don't really consider i don't consider boo boo a quitter off of that man like i think it was just I think it was just overwhelming, man, because, like, this ain't really his weight class. This is his second fight at 168. On top of that, this was the first world champion he's ever fought. You know, he's he's won belts, but he's never fought a world champion. Never think about that, you know? So he's never been in there with that type of pressure before. So, you know... I wish him the best, definitely, man. I want to see him come back. Maybe at 160, fight one of the Charlos. Get Triple G up in there. <laughs> Somebody like that. But I don't I don't think he'll, you know, I don't think 168 is gonna be good for him. Easy to surprise they stopped that he was taking some good shots, but I thought he was okay. Yeah. Rabbit said I feel like he kind of quit. Yeah, I, I I have to look back at that round because he was taking a beating. Maybe it was kind of his reaction to the punches. You know what I mean? Like in a way you could kind of say that because yeah, if you, if the, if you react a certain way to punches, if your reaction is to sit down or just spit your mouthpiece out here and there, like which he did, that's kind of a a way to get a little break or a little maybe trying to get your way out of there. You know, I don't know, but I think I think he could have did a little bit more. Like honestly, yeah, because there's somebody that's seen as like this guy with superior skill, Olympian and everything, and good amateur career. You know, I expected a little bit more. I ain't gonna lie, I did expect a little bit more. You said you knew he was in trouble. He tried to fight. But yeah, when he was fighting him on the inside, no, that was a no-no, man. But I don't know. Canelo probably don't want that, though. I don't think Canelo want that, though. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, all right. Uh, let me let me jump back over to some WMMA here because I'm probably talking about that on the other channel a little bit more. But what do y'all think, man? Um what did y'all think of Katie Taylor? Not Katie Taylor again. I keep saying her name. What did y'all think of Kayla Harrison's performance, man? Um, Kayla Harrison making her return against 
late notice, short replacement, Aspen lad. Um, you know, neither fight was like horrible. Neither fight was really like a barn burner either. You know what I mean? They just kind of fell somewhere in the middle. It, well, I'm, I'm kind of speaking of Pacheco's fight, but this fight here still kind of shows the same things that I've kind of been saying about Kayla Harrison. Like some people think I'll be hating, but no, like I still see the same things with Kayla Harrison, you know, even against a former UFC fighter that has a lot of experience. You know, I didn't see too many things changed here. I saw her depending on the two, three things that gets her through just about every single fight. The same things that got her through the Pacheco fights the first two times. Even the Marina Motnica fight when she fought her. I see the same three things getting her through there. Two or three things. You know, the 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 strength and the strength, explosiveness, and size, and, you know, just her judo, you know, her ground game is, is is still what's saving her. You know, I think those are the two, three things that are still saving her in this fight because, um, to me, her stand-up still hasn't really looked – it still doesn't really have any improvements there. Like, even when she was bouncing around, she was kind of squared up against Aspen Ladd. I was waiting for Aspen Ladd to kind of throw a couple hard shots down the middle – but Aspen never let him go in the first round. So Katie, you know, Kayla, she moving around. She throwing a couple left hands, you know, but even Kayla still like, she's still trying to figure it out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the stand-up game is not really, it's not hitting like that yet. So once she lands a couple of shots and she gets on the inside before Aspen can react, what does she do? She goes straight back to the ground, you know, cause that's what she knows. So if somebody's not throwing back at her, with with hard enough punches or they don't have a great takedown defense you know they don't have that skill set then she's going to she's going to resort to what she usually does you know that's kind of what she did in the first round you know she took it to the ground i gave aspen some credit though you know she was able to get back up at one point and show some resistance in this fight but again it still just comes down to that size strength and just overall speed of uh kayla harrison here you know um oh y'all still haven't watched the fight um you're not really missing anything here you know but you're not really missing much it wasn't really like a great build-up to a potential chris cyborg fight which i'll talk about here in a minute but yeah this fight here um after a year off um there was rust you can see from kayla because she acknowledged that too but as far as what she was doing in there wasn't really any, anything spectacular like i said like she resorted to a couple of things yeah typical performance ravioli yeah she resorted to a couple of things goes right back to what she knows against an experienced veteran in aspen lab because that's that's what that's what worked for but i did see aspen lad she she rocked not rocked her but she cracked her a couple of times with some left hands like because kayla harrison she's standing there right on the line when that second round opened up Aspen last, she hit her a couple of times with some left hooks. She went to the head like two or three times, maybe like twice. Then when she went to the body, and when she hit her with a couple of them shots, what did Kayla do? Back to the ground, you know? So that's letting you know that 
when she steps it up against a much, much, much more polished striker, one with good takedown defense, one that you can't just step in on, and one that has the punching power to knock you around a little bit, and and your first reaction won't be to dive in but to run, it's going to be a different story. It will really be a different story. Um, EZ said they don't – they want to do Kayla Cyborg first because they want – they think Pacheco would be Cyborg. They beat Cyborg and ruin the money fight. Okay. Um, Yeah, let's talk about that too. Uh, With Kayla Harrison beating Aspen Lab, you know, coming up, Coming well, coming back after a year off with a just average performance, and then looking at what Larissa La- La- Pacheco was able to do against Marina, which even her like, I think she kind of held. Nah, I don't really say she held back, but there were some moments in her fight too. You know, where kind of looked like she was going through the motions. But out of the two, you know, Pacheco still looks like the more dangerous fighter. You know, she's just got the punch and power and. The, Overall, we're around the game in improvements. You know, she seems to have more of that momentum going her way. Uh, Pacheco does. So with Kayla Harrison calling out Chris Cyborg at the end of the fight, um, to me, hmm, what would I want to see? Which fight would I want to see? That's what I got to think about here. They want to do... Kayla and Cyborg first because, yeah, Pacheco could beat Cyborg. I think Pacheco has a better chance than Kayla now. But it is just more of the money, too. It's more of the power. It's more of the, you know, it's more. It is more of the money fight, though, when you think about it. Like, Kayla may not have a belt, but this fight does look like the more interesting fight because there's a, there's a there's a story to it you know pacheco chris cyborg in the in the cage is it's an interesting fight but on paper it's kind of a boring fight because neither one of them really talk a lot you know chris don't really run her mouth like that i mean she's been she's been adding a little bit more to her social media game as of lately you know the websites and everything you know i always talk about that and her style of getting into fighters heads but Chris Cyborg is not really like a loud mouth. And uh, Pacheco, you know, she's kind of low key too. So there's not really like a strong buildup to that fight until it gets into the cage. It would be interesting. But Kayla Cyborg can be interesting because there's always that ground threat and that youth threat with her. You know, she's younger, explosive, she can move. And there's also the backstory with these two, you know, constant trash talk. Harrison um somewhat calling her out not really saying her name but I think that's the you know I think that's the fight that they want to make too just because of that because of the money but yeah Pacheco would have more you know have a chance to beat her if they made that fight right away but according to Chris you know Chris Cyborg said she ain't um uh, she hadn't got no news she she hasn't heard anything you know she hasn't heard you know, she hasn't heard from anybody from PFL since they made the purchase. You know, there, there, there hasn't been any contact with her yet. I don't know if they're working on something, but she says she hasn't heard nothing yet. So she's going to boxing again in January. And she says she's just going to continue her career. 
finding the fights that make sense until she retires, which makes sense to me. I mean, hey, do what you do. Um, but I think eventually maybe they are working something out because uh, what was his name? Don Davis. The dude said he wanted to see the fight since he was a baby. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Don Davis said they're going to do Bellator champs versus PFL champs. He already said Pacheco was next for Cyborg. Is that the fight that he said he wanted to see since he was a baby? And everybody was like, how you want to see that fight since she was a baby, man? Like, you ain't even. <laughs> it was like, they weren't even born when you was around. Hold on. Let's, let's see. Let's find some information here. Because I know he did mention Kay Kayla Harrison. Kayla Harrison's name is Cyborg's name. But Cyborg's been having, um, you know, her go with boxing right now. Uh, yeah, let me pull it up here. But the latest news from the founder of PFL, he says here, <clears throat> Chris Cyborg will fight Pacheco next, not Kayla Harrison. All right. He says champ versus champ. Larissa has earned that, but Chris will then fight Kayla in 2024, 100%. That's going to be that's going to be the fight. That's going to be the one to happen. Chris will have two fights in 2024. Kayla will have two fights in 2024. And one of those will be Chris against Caleb. We think that Larissa has earned that. Once again, you have to do champ versus champ. Chris is Bellator champ. Larissa is PFL champ. We have to see that fight happen first. Come, coming out of that, you'll see Chris Cyborg versus Caleb Harrison as the next fight in 2024. Okay. I mean, that does make sense, you know, as a crossover fight. But... What is what um what is what what will Kayla do to until then? Like, who is she gonna fight until then? Just another stay busy fight, or is she just gonna wait? Like, how many times is Kayla Harrison gonna fight this year? Well, this would be her second fight then because Kayla's gonna Kayla for well, no, 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 hold on. Who else is there for Kayla Harrison to fight? You know, just to kind of build her up in the meantime. She gonna wait for Chris Cyborg fight? Mm. Is that that smart for her to wait for that type of fight? Mm. Shout out to Marina's chin, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Marina Matka's chin for sure. I like Marina, man. I was going for her in that fight. I ain't gonna lie. I was hoping she was gonna win that fight. I didn't care about Pacheco Cyborg in that moment. I wanted Marina to win that fight. I was rooting for. Her. I like the improvements she's been making. She's a tough fighter. I was like, I'm, I'm rocking with this girl. This, but just didn't go her way. Okay, so, yeah, my thoughts on what he was saying, what Don Davis is saying, is it makes sense, you know, champ versus champ. When you look at Larissa Pacheco's side, she beat everybody, right? She, including Kayla Harrison. She got the win, right? So she's a two-division Two division champion, Larissa Pacheco wants good fights. We don't want any more Helena Kolesnik fights. <laughs> we don't want a fourth Helena Kolesnik fight, do we? Easy. Do you want to see that knockout again? <laughs> I don't want to see that again. Oh, uh, Todd Johnson, what's up? He's I see Cyborg being too much for Kayla. Yeah. Um, Easy said, I would trust what he says, seeing as they haven't talked to Cyborg yet. I would. You wouldn't trust what he says. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it kind of 
it kind of clashes, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's not making sense unless they work in but in unless they work in something out for Chris Cyborg and they're gonna present it to her, they need to hurry up because she's got a boxing match come up coming up. That's what they don't understand. Like, how can Don Davis say Chris Cyborg is gonna fight two times this year when she's already got a boxing match lined up? You know, age is catching up with these fighters. You know, she's moving on doing her own thing. So, you know, Chris wants to go box, go box now. But they over here trying to line up, say she's going to fight two times. She's going to fight Pacheco and Kayla Harrison. She got to make the time to train for those fights because January you got boxing. January 19th, I believe, right? Then, then they want her to fight. But they haven't even hit her up about this. Like Don Davis talking about, hey, this is what she's going to do. He already got her blueprint out, but according to her, she ain't even heard from, you know? So, yeah, it might not work out that way. Like, they want champ versus champ, but if it happens to be champ versus champ, it might not happen until later this year until she gets back into the MMA training, which shouldn't be hard, but you know how it is. Like, doing boxing, making more money, mindset change, you want to go off and do that. Then next thing you know, she calling Katie Taylor out. Katie Taylor might want to fight her. Amanda Serrano might want to fight her. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of options for Chris Cyborg right now. So I think they need to be discussing with her because it might turn out to be a situation where they have a fallout because they ain't talking to her. No communication. She vacates. Then no, you got nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it could be a situation like that where Chris Cyborg's in a place where she ain't waiting. She already said it in her Twitter or, or you know, in a recent tweet. She ain't waiting for anybody. You know, she's going to get a couple more fights, do her thing, get the money. Let that be it, right? Uh, why didn't they even let Chris Cyborg face off of Pacheco? That every other champ got their fight confirmed on that night, right? Colson said because Cyborg didn't show up Friday, they haven't hit her up. Like I said, they haven't been hitting her up. She said she ain't heard nothing. She doing her thing. Like I said, she could always vacate too. You never know. It's not that sweet on her because she's done everything now. You know, the deal... Might look sweet to the fans, but it ain't sweet because she ain't seen nothing. So my thoughts, though, you know, as far as Pacheco Cyborg, yeah, it's a good it's a good fight. It's definitely a good fight. You know, I know they want to do the champ thing that gives Chris her fifth organization built. If she wins, that definitely puts her way up there now. And then um, if she was to go in there and dominate Pacheco, that would kind of actually that would kind of actually bring down stock in a Kayla fight because then if she destroys Pacheco, let's say Chris Cyborg destroys Pacheco, does that really make Kayla Harrison fight? The Kayla Harrison fight look any more interesting? It's kind of going backwards, you know what I mean? Like when you first come into PFL or a weight class, you fight your way up, but you're going straight in against the champ. Not saying Chris can't do that, but in a business standpoint, once she destroys or dominates the champ pacheco not saying she will but what if she does right what if she destroys pacheco who does kayla harrison have to make her look better against chris cyborg at that point because she'll have just beat the fighter that beat her even though she does have two even though kayla does have two wins over the most recent one pacheco won right so think about that come over Whenever, let's say Chris Cyborg does go in there and destroys Pacheco, like I said, this is a what if. This is a what if. 
Or if she goes in there and destroys her, does that make the Kayla fight any more interesting? Hmm. Does it build it up? See, if they did it the other way, she goes in and fights Kayla first. That's a big money fight. She's fighting a you know, non-title fight. Or you can make it five rounds anyway. You can make it for some kind of special BMF, PFL belt, right? You can make that happen. And then if she if Chris, Chris wins that fight, it'll make the title fight even more interesting. Yeah, 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 Ravioli, yeah. Larissa does have one and two with she is one and two with Kayla. Yeah, she is. But with her having that belt, it just makes it look a little weirder. Like, okay, we're gonna fight the champion first and then fight Kayla, but the only thing that would be saving the Kayla fight is the history. Easy said the Kayla's highboard fight makes more sense business wise, wow, because Kayla's contract is damn near up and you don't want to just hang your new champion out to dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Robot Chicken, what's up? He said, hope you had a good holiday too, Robot Chick. I meant to say that earlier. He said uh PFL title would be BMF PFL title would be funny. It would be funny, man. Um, you said something earlier too. You said GDR took the fire out of the lad. Yeah, yeah, she did, man. I, me and BJ were talking about that the other day, man, because it's like lad ain't been the same, you know. She just has not been the same. Shout out the lad though, man. She seemed cool though. Aspen lad, I ain't got nothing against her as a fighter. I just hate to see her go in there and not exceed. You know what I mean? It gets dangerous in there. I want to see her go rise to the occasion, man. But um, yeah, she showed up. You know, short notice fight. That's how it works out. Um, it is more interesting though that Cyborg seems to be targeting Kayla, even though Larissa is the champ. I guess you know. Kayla called her out, you know what I mean? So I kind of understand that. Like, Kayla called her out, called her, you know, see if you a bad B and all of that, you know. And Chris Cyborg was just listening and she went on back to bed. It was like, I ain't impressed. <laughs> you know, she was like, I ain't, I ain't impressed. But yeah, that's it. It is. Kayla's calling her out. So Kayla calling her out. Chris Cyborg probably like, okay, I'm going to target you first because you keep calling me out. And as y'all know, she did make uh, judokayla.com. So that's the fight that she's looking for. So we'll see, man. We'll see once we'll see what happens if they if they actually acknowledge Chris Cyborg. You know, let's see if they actually acknowledge Chris Cyborg. And if they do, maybe she'll talk with Don Davis and say, yo, Don, I want the Kayla fight first. You know, let's do the Kayla fight first. Let's do the non let's do the non-title fight. Let's go ahead and do this non-title fight. Let's make it happen. Let's build up the champ versus champ. Because you know that's a big fight too. Pacheco, both of these are big for Chris, really. Like they, they they're good career cap offs for Chris. The Kayla fight's a big cap off for money. And then Pacheco is a big cap off for money and your fifth organization built. Okay, that's her fifth organization belt right there. She's had what Strike Force, Invicta, UFC, Bellator, and now PFL. So she can cap her career off with those two fights. You know, that's it. There really is no other fights for her. 
go off the boxing if you want. But yeah, I think I really do think this would be it for Chris. You know, like don't want to see her fight any of the other girls in PFL. Don't want to see her fight Aspen Lad. Don't want to see her fight Marina. Don't want to see her fight Kolesnik. I think Chris Cyborg with this merger, you know, you got two more fights in her, and that's it. Like, I mean, what do, what do y'all think? Y'all agree? Y'all, y'all disagree? These are the last two fights for. Whatever order they come in, I think these are Chris's last two fights. Or should be her last two fights. They should be. I mean, I think they're the best fights for financially and just, you know, as far as, um, you know, accomplishments. But there's really nothing else for her. No Amanda Nunes rematch. That's not happening. Amanda's done. You know, Amanda's retired. I think these it. These are it. Did you notice the weird exchanges between Kayla and the owner of PFL at the press conference? There's something going on. They don't seem to be on the same page. Yeah. Um, Kayla seems to have a lot going on with that right now. Like even like some of the things that she's been saying, like even by her manager and stuff like that. She she seems to be in a different mind frame with the manager and the owner and you know some of the things that are being said. But I'm I'm gonna go back and look at that again. Does Kayla really think she can win that fight? Why not call for Larissa? I think there's something going on behind the scenes we don't know. Does Kayla really think she can win the Chris Cyborg fight? I don't know. I think I think at this point it's more of an ego thing. Because the things that she's bringing to the table, man, she has got she she has to understand that Chris is not going to be some type of walkthrough. Chris is not going to succumb to the same two or three strengths that you have in there. It's going to be hell to pay when you fight Chris Cyborg. Especially if your stand-up isn't on point, you know, a takedown defense. She's got strength in the judo, but how are you going to react to a Chris Cyborg punch? If you're not sure, the defense has to be better than it is. And how's Chris Cyborg? Well, how is Kayla Harrison's striking defense right now? Not the best. And that being her first fight in, oh, that would be a tune-up for Chris Cyborg. Todd Johnson, yeah, I agree. I agree. Ended on these last two. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. Ended on these last two fights. Just give Kayla the cyborg. Everyone knows that she's going to get destroyed. It'll be her last fight and her stock will drop and you can get rid of her. I got my owner hat on. <laughs> All right. The, the the new owner of PFL has spoken. Easy. He said he the new owner. He said, hey, let's go ahead and get what we can off of Kayla. Because once, you know, once Chris Cyborg beats Pacheco or if she beats her first, the Kayla fight stock gonna go down right away, man. Because you know people gonna be like, "Oh man, she is gonna lose to Chris Cyborg." So go ahead and get it in first, get it out of the way, let that be her last fight, and and Kayla's good. Kayla's already said she's made enough money to take care of her family and everything. I don't really think she's coming in with. Um, I honestly, I don't really think she's coming in with legendary status on her mind anymore. You know, she said, "Hey, I'm." Taking care of the family, they're taking care of. We're good. She's comfortable. She got a bunch of million dollar checks off of easy fights, you know. So, pay highest paid WMMA fighter, right? For the level of competition she's fighting. So it's like, yo, go ahead and do it. 
<clears throat> okay, he said Cyborg would beat Kayla. Okay, but let's see her fight someone with power and slick jujitsu like Pacheco. Yeah, I think both of them will happen. I want to see both of them. Whatever order they happen, they're good fights. I think Pacheco fight is a more challenging fight because I think Pacheco is more well-rounded and I think she's learned more from her losses. So yeah, Pacheco is definitely the challenge, but financial, financially, Kayla Harrison's more interesting fight. And I think it would make sense to happen first because you want to make your, your title fight more exciting. You know, you want to build that up more. The, the, the Kayla fight will kind of lose stock if Chris beats Pacheco first. If she beats her first, let me put it that way. Because, yeah, that, that, that'll be more of a challenge, I think. That'll be more of a challenge. Whoever touches chin, whoever touches, whoever touches that chin first, whoever touches the chin first, I think, hey. But the thing I noticed in the, um, the thing I noticed in the um, Mahatnika fight, Mahatnika fight, is that Pacheco, when she's not jabbing, man, and Marina was jabbing, you know, she was hitting her with some good punches. And, you know, Chris, with her boxing better than it has been in the past few years, you know, Chris Cyborg is going to be landing some hard jabs, man. Chris throwing more like a boxer now. She's more patient, patient in there. She's going to be landing some consistent jabs, man. Consistent jabs in Pacheco's face if she don't throw. Because, you know, I saw Marina landing a couple good shots. So it'll be battle battle of the right hands, but it'll also come down to who, who who's, whose work rate is higher. Cyborg versus Pacheco in Brazil. But yeah, we would do it. Could do some numbers. It could do some numbers. It could, maybe, but um he said Cyborg would beat Kayla. Oh yeah, I read that. He said she already beat Larissa twice. She knows Cyborg is a legacy fight. Yep, legacy fights. But Cyborg Pacheco is real legacy right there, you know, for that fifth belt. Beating a two-division world champion here. But yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, that was a that was an article you said you were looking at, like close from yeah, um, because I saw the dude's interview, like I didn't watch it, I just saw it pop up my feed, but I didn't watch it. But yeah, I see that headline, so we'll see what happens. I mean, both are good fights for Chris in her in her career. On um, it's all a matter of what they want to do at this point. But uh, what else we got? I might I might jump back on live tomorrow, man, because there's some other stuff I want to talk about. Some other stuff I want to talk about because I'm gonna be on for a little bit longer here. I just want to pull up some things here while we're on this one. Because this weekend we have the uh Darius and uh what is his name? Sarukayan fight. Armin, I'm gonna call him that. Oh, you know what? I thought Misha Tate Julie Avila was the main event this weekend but no like good thing it's not too because i'll be like it's, it's not a it's, that would be a, that would be a good main event <laughs> you know it's it's the it's the headliner for the prelims but that would be a good main event now i mean you know we should take kind of drop and stop you know julie avila coming back after what two three years off so yeah we got veronica sato and jamie lindhorth hmm 
Oh, Marina's game plan was not it. You dance around someone like Pacheco, you get in there and go for it. You're fighting for a championship. No one will be mad if you went out on your shield. That's true too, man. I um I wanted to see her go in there and get it. Robot said, I think Cyborg would have finished Marina. I yeah, I think so too. I think she would have too for sure. I think she would have because I think her aggression is a little bit more, you know, it's there. The aggression is there. Like I said, her volume is there too. Like once she lands one or two and you're hurt, she'll keep going until you're out of there. That's the thing about Chris Cyborg. Her finishing, you know, the finishing factor with her is always there. You know, Chris Cyborg will go after it. Once she hurts you, you, you you're gone. But yeah, I think, yeah, that Marina and Pacheco fight, I think Marina, man, like she had to spend more time on the inside being physical and not giving Pacheco full range on them, full extension on them shots, man. You said Marina versus Kazangano. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting fight. I forgot. Yeah, because they all, they all one big happy family now. Marina Mahadika versus Kazangano. Who would prevail at this stage of her career? I'm gonna go with Marina. Love Cat, but I'm gonna go with Marina, man. Marina was just looking too durable up in there. Oh, oh why don't we go ahead and do um Julio McCourt gonna fight? Oh man, that's another fight. See, what's gonna happen with the Leo McCourt fight now? He says you never want to see Cat fight again. Yeah, Cat, um, kind of dangerous to herself. A danger to us. But what's going to happen with Leo McCourt's title shot now? Because you know they had their face off in Bellator. So I know, I know Chris ain't going to do all these fights this year coming up. Because Chris got boxing match. And then there were potential fight with Leo McCourt. And um, Pacheco and Kayla all in one year. Does anybody in here see her fighting four times this year, including boxing? Did, do any of y'all see Chris Cyborg fighting four times this year? I'm just saying, like, it could happen, but I'm just saying four times this year. Kayla, Pacheco, Leah McCourt in a boxing match in January. I'm just asking that because I'm wondering what's going on with Leah McCourt's shot now. Leah McCourt versus Kayla Harrison. Leah McCourt's a big fighter. When you match Leah up, these girls, you think she's going to be like slim and easy to take down? Shoot, Cat struggled with her. And so did uh, Sarah McMahon. Oh, yeah, Denise Kilholz, Dakota DeChiva. That's a good fight right there. I like Dakota, but you know, I got to go with my girl, Denise Kilholz. Dynamite Kilholz. Easy said, I got a better chance of four, five, four times this year than Cyborg, and I don't fight. <laughs> I know, right? I could go pick four fights up right now. Yeah, I don't see her fighting four times this year, bro. I really don't. Okay, we got about 20 of y'all in here. Go ahead and hit that like button, because now we're going to move on and talk some WMMA, whatever. Any fights y'all want to talk about here real quick? Because we got Lynn Horth and Macedo. I was looking at Jamie Lynn Horth, not Jamie Lynn Horth, Veronica Macedo on the um, MMA MMA hour. 
And, you know, she was talking about, well, you know, Eric Hawani, how he usually does, you know, he'll ask these questions. And she talked about her confidence as far as going for the belt. Well, you know, her husband, Dan Hardy, I guess he feels like he's he's confident in her style. Robot Chicken says, Melissa Gatto, a poor man's cat, Zingano. No, man, not at all. Those are those are two different styles right there. Melissa Gatto and Kat Zingano, I don't even, they're like two different fighters, man. You know, Melissa Gatto, she's more, she has some striking about her, but she's more jujitsu. She's not really a wrestler like that. I wouldn't even, I never even compared those two before. Charles said, man, at this point, Kat has a, to fight Aspen Ladd. Shoot, I might have Aspen Ladd at this point. Yeah, Macy Chason and um, Ketlin Beria, they're going to fight. They're supposed to be fighting. That'll, that, that, that's a, that's a needed. We need some action. I mean, we need somebody to step it up. Somebody has to show up in that fight to show us who's going to be the next big thing or who, who wants to get in line and get a title shot. I mean, we already got a couple fighters lined up. I mean, we got uh, Pena's got to wait, right? Pena's got to wait. I'm just fixing something here, pulling some stuff up. Time and injuries caught up with Cat. Yeah, Cat's. Um, yeah, the scary thing about Cat is her. Um, is that brain damage she faced from the uh, Amanda Nunes fight? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Macy Chase on and Caitlin Berry is happening. Uh, what's the date on that? Hold on. Let me see. Macy Chase on and Caitlin Berry. January 13th. January 13th. You think Myra Buenasil was going to beat up Pena? That's going to be an interesting fight, man. That is going to be interesting, man. Um, how, how long can Pena just stand in front of a fighter like that? I mean, well, we've seen her do it against Nunes, but, you know, somebody that's going to be throwing a lot of strikes, you know, she's going to have to be moving and she's going to have to be jabbing back and, and working. She can't be reckless in that fight. Yeah, this fight is this weekend. We got Jamie Lynn Horth and Veronica Macedo. Um, interesting here, because, you know, I thought Jamie Lynn Horth was going to mostly campaign at Bantamweight, but both her and Stephanie Edgar are moving down. In my opinion, Jamie Lynn Horth and Stephanie Edgar, they should just be fighting at Bantamweight, you know? Uh, I feel like the matchmakers should continue to let them fight at 135 because we got enough 100 25 pounders, you know. Bantamweight's the division that's lacking right now. And I like Jamie Lynn Horth's style too. Like, I think Jamie Lynn Horth would be a good addition to Bantamweight right now. Maybe she's just doing this now, but maybe she's gonna move back up. But I think this is a good fight. I mean, I think this is a good fighter for 135. This is a good fight right here. You know, it's gonna 
see where Hoyt stands. And, you know, I'm glad to see Veronica Hardy back. But um, I really like to see Horth at 135, you know, because they need the fighters right now. I like to see Jamie Lynn Horth fighting, you know, Russian Ronda, Melissa Dixon, any of those girls. Um, you know, she's a pretty decent striker. You know, she's got some, you know, she's got some experience on the ground, too. So we'll see how that, this plays out. But uh, I know Veronica Macedo, you know, she's. Got a good left hand, man. You know, she definitely showed that in that Juju fight. You know, it's been a while since we actually seen her uh, go in there and go after it. Of course, you know, Juju, you know, definitely green. Definitely was too green for Veronica Hardy. It's just been so long since Veronica Hardy's been out the cage. I couldn't really see her going in there and winning at the time. But, you know, I saw her winning maybe, but I didn't really see her going in there and dominating Juju like she did. But she did. So, you know, Dan Hardy, you know, he believes in her style and he believes in her skill sets and believes that she could go challenge for the belt. I mean, I like her honesty, though. You know, I like how Veronica Hardy answered it. You know, she's like, it takes it's going to take time. You know, it takes confidence, you know, and he believes in her like that, you know, which he should as her husband, you know. But I think she's humble enough to say this is where she's at right now and this is what she has to work on. And I like that because. That's how I see it. You know what I mean? Like, could she get to the top? Yeah, she could. If the right things are done, you know, she makes the right changes in her game and she builds up her confidence. Yeah, of course. Like, anybody could do that. Then, like, if they, the confidence is there, Veronica Hardy, shoot. Right changes are made, you could get there. I mean, look how um, Alexa Grasso did. You know, I didn't really see Alexa Grasso beating Valentina like she did, you know, especially when she was still at 115. Nobody ever really could say, oh, that's the future champ at 125. But when Grasso took that chance, moved to a better weight for her, and started developing and developing and developing, improving, improving, then when she took on Valentina that night and won, it was like, yeah, you know, like the right things were put into into play for so for veronica hardy to get into that level it's gonna to have to be that type of a change though and that, it, that's all on her and to, to me you know that's all on her if she has that you know you know she's just being honest yeah 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 easy yeah she's the one fighting you know what i mean like you know she <laughs> she's the one fighting and you know she knows better than to jump the gun too you know what i mean like and that just shows you Veronica Hardy's a real fighter. You know, she's not she's not even doing this for the views and for the for the ego thing. You know, there are fighters out here like Roly Romero who know they <laughs> who know they can't beat the pound for pound best fighters in the world in boxing, but they talk a big game. See, Veronica Hardy don't even want to do that. And that's smart. Because, you know, she takes it seriously. You know, Veronica Hardy could be out here saying, oh, yeah, I can beat the champion tomorrow. Or she'd be like, oh, yeah, I could beat, I could whoop Aaron in her fight next fight. I could beat Macy Barber right now. Give me those fighters. She would let me fight Grasso today. I'll beat him. You know, she could say stuff like that. But she know there ain't no truth to it. So why even try to put light on yourself like that? You know what I mean? So I, I like how she just 
answer that question. You know, she didn't really play into it and start answering with like delusional, you know, just just speaking delusional crap, you know. Yeah, Horth is a big fighter. Like, I hope it doesn't affect her weight cut. Yeah, Horth is big and she's strong. Yeah, but Veronica's always game. Yeah. And that's what I think might happen in this fight. Like, I think Horth is a big and strong fighter, but I just hope that this weight cut doesn't affect her. Like, I think she's more, she looks like more of a band weight to me. Length, everything. Veronica should never been in 135. No, she shouldn't have. Not really. <laughs> she don't even have the frame for it. Um, Colton said, I don't know. I prefer the people that talk a big game, even if they can't back it up. Nah, I'll pass on that. <laughs> Only if I want comedy. Only if I want some comedy and want to see that person lose. And I don't want to see them lose until they talk a big delusional game. You know what I mean? Um, I prefer somebody that can go in there with the confidence and, and take them to school. Easy said, I thought Roley was dead when, <laughs> when Tank slumped him, bro. <laughs> Man, I got the um, I got the ringside easy. I got the ringside um, I got that ringside angle on my phone. I think I posted it somewhere. I think I posted it on the other channel. But you could just hear like when Tank connected with that left hand on his chin. Tank Tank was like, ooh, Tank hit him with that left hand, and you could just hear that thud on Roley's chin and the way Roley fell. Roley was gone, man. Because the angle I got, man, it's like, it looks like you right there. <laughs> and whenever Roley run, runs right into it, oh, man, that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. It was more embarrassing than, like, you know, being set up like a real, real counter in the middle of the ring because he ran into it. Robot say he's picking Hardy, okay. Um, Hardy's Ty Johnson Hardy's nasty. I don't think Hoyt can stand with Veronica. Yeah, Veronica's stand up been looking good. Like them head kicks that she throw, it's gonna come down to skill in this fight. If Veronica really wants to show up and show out, like I don't think she really wanna engage like on the inside in any type of physical fight. But that's what Horth needs. Like if Horth wants to be the one well-rounded fighter showcase here. You know, she's three inches taller. She's taller, longer, but she's also also bigger. You know, so Hort's game plan may be more physical. You might want to go on the inside a little bit more here and you know, clinch up. She's got a tie clinch too. You know, get some working on the inside. Um, use her size and put the weight on her. Because from the outside, you know, Veronica Macedo, man, she she surprised me, man. She impressed me, you know, as the shorter fighter. You know, she 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 can she fights well striking from the outside. You know, Juju was getting her head knocked back with some hard punches, you know. Shorter fighter, boxing from striking from the outside. I wasn't you know, I was impressed with it. Even though, you know, she's of course Juju's still green. I'm still impressed with what Veronica Hardy was able to do off of a three year layoff, though. What is Veronica's striking background? Is it Taekwondo? Is it, did she do Taekwondo and Karate? Is it Taekwondo and Karate, I believe? Her striking background. Let me go look. Hold on. Uh, 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 uh. Yep, yep. Veronica started Taekwondo at age four. 
Yeah, she started Taekwondo at age four and she got a black belt by 12. So she went, yeah, it was Taekwondo and then she did BJJ and karate. That's what it was. Yeah. So yeah, she started off in Taekwondo um, ravioli. Taekwondo first, then it was BJJ and karate. But I was, you know, I was, yeah, impressed with that comeback fight. But in this fight here, y'all be more experienced. But let's see if Horth, you know, she can hang in there with it, though, man. Because um, I just keep thinking of that weight cut. I hope it's not going to be too hard on her. All right. And I'm not really doing picks on these yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing any picks yet. I'm not doing any picks yet on these. I mean, really don't care about any picks. I mean, I'm going to jump on and call these fights anyway but i'm not um, picking right now i'm just kind of filling y'all in on what's going on oh, oh boy i'm looking on instagram jazzy vicious got only fans too or did she i guess they have only fans because they're using it as like a fan platform or like facebook they're not really using it for the you know and they're not, it's not a stripping type of OnlyFans. See, that's the thing about OnlyFans. It's got a bad name now, man. Like, every time a female fighter gets OnlyFans, people probably think they're going to take their clothes off on it now. You know? <laughs> like, I think Jasmine has got an OnlyFans, but it's just like OnlyFans for fan talk. You know, that that that's it. You know? Oh, yeah. And Tate versus Avila. I'm more interested in seeing Julie Avila come back. You know, it's been a been a long time. We already kind of know where Misha Tate is with her. We kind of know where she is with her career. Um, I don't really think Misha Tate's championship level anymore, even like elite level. Um, I believe she still has what four, three or four fights on her contract because when she retired, she had like six, right? So I think she's about halfway done with it, right? Because when she semi-retired, yeah, she had six left, I believe. So Misha Tate came back in um, 2021 and fought Samarian Renault. And then she fought Calaveri and Lauren Murphy lost. So, yeah, she's halfway done with that contract, I believe. So, yeah, she's halfway done with the contract. Easy, easy, still. Yeah, it's, it's time, though, man. It is time. Like, I think, I hope she's just fighting out these last three fights. This is this will make four. And maybe she can end her career with a Holly Holm rematch or something like that. But, yeah, I think Misha Tate is... Uh, half the fighter that she used to be but you know she's still bringing some type of excitement competition somewhat uh, for the lower level fighters like avila and um i believe like her and a melissa dixon fight would be good too you know because that would be a name on her resume if she's able to get her you know but right now i don't think she takes like this developed or revamped fighter i think like i said she's kind of fighting through these these fight as few fights on contract go through the motions and that's about it. Um, I think she probably felt like 
you know, the comeback against Mario Renault was good. Um, she fought Kaitlyn Berry. It's like, you know, maybe it's the weight. She's like, maybe I'm going to move down and fight Lauren Murphy because 125, you know, is probably the weight where I really need to be at this point. So, you know, some people felt Misha Tate would win that. I, I, I had to lean towards Lauren Murphy in that. I thought Lauren would do it, and she did, you know, because at her age, moving down is not really a good idea. And I think after that, she realized, okay, I'm going back up to 135. But, you know, going back up to 135, she was going to win enough fights to get a title shot. I don't think so. You know, so a fight like Avila makes sense now, you know. Just fight, fight in the realm that she's at, fight in these kind of, these kind of fights. That's about it. Because I think, you know, for a return in Julia Avila, she's competition. You know, Avila's been out since june of 2021 you know that's uh yeah yeah she's been out over two years yeah about over two years now from an injury and a baby you know so this is what she needs to kind of see where she's at now physically because julia avila you know she ain't no spring chicken either you know she's 35 years old now too you know she's 35 too so where julia avila is you know she, clock is ticking with her too i mean time could have passed her but we never know she could get into the belt. We just don't know. But at that age, you know, got to be realistic, too. You know, it's that time when you just think, you know, things start changing. Reflexes, speed, all of that start changing. So it's kind of a good return fight for her, too, because she's not fighting somebody too intense. She's fighting somebody with experience, but not somebody that's too intense. Somebody that, you know, she can go in there and kind of get her feet wet again with, you know. Tate loses easily on the ground in grappling matches nowadays. It's over, over. He done, he says over, over. Dang, easy said he don't even want her to fight her contract out. He just wanted to go. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Um, Everett said he just gets tiresome with Tate constantly talking like she needs to put one or two wins together to get a title shot. Aside from that, I don't mind her hanging around. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like Where she's at now, fine, because... She's still a test for the Avulas, Melissa Dixon, maybe even Russian Ronda. How, how would that be? That would be a good fight. Misha Tate versus Russian Ronda. That might be the only Ronda that she could beat. Or would it bring back too many memories? That'd be a good fight. Misha Tate versus Russian Ronda. I'm just thinking about it. Now. I'm like, yeah, man, like, shoot. Misha Tate might go wild in there. She'd be like, oh, man. This girl right here trying to give me nightmares. <laughs> Easy. So, yeah, you ain't think about it. But Misha Tate versus Russian Ronda, man. But, like you were saying, Ephraim, I agree, man. I agree. I, I get tired of the one or two win talk. I don't want to hear that. You ain't that close to a title shot. Same with my girl, Holly. I love Holly home. Y'all know I do a Holly rock with her. Fan of Holly all the time. But when it comes down to reality, you're not one fight or two fights away from a title shot. Did you want to keep fighting? I mean, yeah, sure. But put together some good wins and then they would talk right now. You ain't one win away from a title shot anymore. You know, Holly, definitely rock with her. But yeah, no, nah, man, like one one win. Nah. Same with Misha Tate. Misha Tate's like what? Number 10, 13 right now. 
No, let me stop. I know she ain't number 13, but she is like number nine. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see where she's right right now. Oh, boy. James, what's up? He said, Benavidez whooped him. Canelo don't want those problems. No, he don't. You're talking about Benavidez. George Foreman of 168. Canelo don't want that. Benavidez called out Bivol, though. I think Bivol be beats him. Bivol, Bivol, or better be if they beat Benavidez. They hit too hard. Them, them dudes are too strong. Bivol is too fast. And he hits you with combinations that hurt. He ain't fought nobody like that yet. At 168, he's the baddest right now. He's a boogeyman at 168, no doubt. Yeah, I already called for that close from Alyssa Dixon, Jocelyn. Yeah, I said that a couple of days ago. Oh, I need that fight. Dixon versus Nunez, Jocelyn Nunez. That's a good fight. Um, yeah, Misha Tate is number 12 right now. So, yeah, she is not no one or two fights away from a title shot. No way. Misha Tate is not one or two fights away from a title shot. And number 12, if she beats Avila or if she wins or loses to Avila, I want Tate versus Russian Ronda. This is the fight I want. We're going to have a blast from the past. I think I want that more than a Tate home rematch. I want this fight more than Tate home. People want to see Charlo versus Benavidez? No way. No way. No way easy. Benavidez, Bival is a fight to make. I think Bival would beat him, but not a sure thing. Benavidez is 130. Yeah, yeah, reality he is. He is for sure. Yeah, I've been saying that too. I will go back on that. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, Benavidez isn't that. I think Benavidez should be at higher weight. But I think that if he's dealing with Bival at 175, he's just dealing with somebody that throws harder, faster, and, and, and they can move. And then even better be if he's big. I mean, better be if he's powerful, punching power in both hands. The way he knocked Joe Smith Jr. out too, man. But that's a good fight. That's definitely a good fight. I'm glad that Benavidez is calling these names out. He said he want Canelo, he want Bival, and he want Better BF. And to me, that's a guy I got to salute to right there. He, he, I mean, it's basically like Arrow. You know, Arrow, he was calling all the big names out. He wants all the big names. Yeah, um, Norman Dumont is fighting Yana next. Efrian said... What two wins would Tate need to get for a title shot? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Two wins she would need for a title shot. If she beats Avila, I would say she would have to beat Irene Aldania, who's like ranked number six. Hmm. She'd have to be Irene Aldana, and she'd have to fight her friend, Juliana Pena. I'm just, you know, being, and I'm just, you know, I'm playing with it right now. I'm just kind of 
we just kind of talking. So it and she'd have to do it in dominant fashion. She would have to she'd have to choke out Irene Aldenia just to get that five or six spot. She'd have to choke out Irene Aldenia until she fell asleep. And then she would have to beat Juliana Pena or Myra Winnesil. She'd have to knock knock one of them out or submit them. Beat them two fighters, and I probably would say, yes, this old girl deserves a title shot. I was going to say GDR, but yeah, yeah, GDR is not even there anymore. Well, not right now. Misha Tabor's GDR, that would have been an interesting fight. I can't believe that fight never happened. Um, yeah, Irene would be a problem for Tate. That's what I'm saying. Like, if she beats her, then yeah, that would tell me that she's, you know, she, she, she can at least get to that spot again. Yeah, James, I agree, man. Aldania, oh man, that that was a disappointing summer fight, man. Like, I expected her to do a lot more. When she when she had that chance, I said, okay, this girl's gonna use her boxing, but man, Nunez outboxed the crap out of Aldania. I was like, okay, this is something different. This is something different. GDR would have beaten the brakes off Tate. Yeah. Yeah. Easy said Aldane should have a fight license revoked. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that fight against Nunez. I mean, there is no excuses for that, man. Yeah, Robot Chicken said um, a lot of the fighters had popped from PFL too. Mm. That's terrible. 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 But yeah, this is all we got this weekend coming up. All we have is Jamie Lynn Horth and Jamie Lynn Horth, Veronica Hardy, Misha Tate, and Julie Avila. I like to see Avila win, you know, just to kind of shake this, shake things up and pick right back up where she left off. You know, we'll see if she still has that dog in her, that fierceness she be coming with. Um, next week is the. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the China card moved to Vegas, right? We got that card next week. There ain't no women on that next card. So there's no WMMA fights until after this card, UFC 296. Casey O'Neill and Lipsky is on that card, I believe. Yep. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. He said the moment was too much for Aldania. Aldania was a deer in the headlights. Yeah, Aldania was kind of like... um kind of like Megan Anderson in that one, you know, kind of shook up a little bit. James said, you know what the craziest part is? Aldenia ate all her shots and kept coming. She didn't even try to do work at all. Yeah, that was the, that was the pitiful part. Like, she took her punches, but she didn't even take a chance to go after it. Like, if you could take her punching power, go ahead and get it. You know, like, why not get it? I didn't understand that. She touched Nunez once in the first round, too, and I was like, okay, that was a good punch. Let's see if she follows up, but nope. Casey O'Neill and Lipsky. We got to talk about that in a couple weeks, but, yeah, that's another fight on the horizon I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to Cachoeira and Zombie Girl. That's going to be a good fight. 
I'm also looking forward to what is her name? Natalia Silva versus Viviana Arujo. So we got some good fights coming up. Easy said Myra Buena Silva is going to humiliate Juliana Pena. He's calling it now. Okay. Efrian said she was much more aggressive against Holly despite being equally shut down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was. She was aggressive in that fight. And Holly just kept shutting her down there wrestling. But, yeah, that, that title fight is on lock, man. We got that coming up. Rocky Pennington versus not Irene Aldani, but Myra Buena Silva. Um, instead of Casey fighting Corinne, she's fighting unranked Lipsky. Yeah, 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 yeah. The matchmakers—that's how they matched it up. Yeah, so that gives that gives um Ariane Lipsky a chance to get in there. I would have picked Corinne Silva against uh, Casey O'Neill for sure. I think Casey O'Neill threw a little high volume, but I think Kareem Silva would have shut that thing down with like some good hard punches and even some takedowns. Yeah, I would pick Kareem Silva in that fight. James said Casey's not fighting Kareem. She's not ready for that work. I don't think so. <clears throat> Uh, Myron Buena Silva smokes Pena. No need for trash talk. That's real talk. <laughs> Pena's a horrendous fighter. Well, he said Pena, come on. Now, Pena's not a horrendous fighter. She's a reckless fighter, but she's not horrendous, man. She's got a good jab. I will give it. She's got a good jab, good wrestling. She gave she gave GDR some, you know, kind of nail-biting moments in that fight. You know, she gave GDR some nail-biting moments in that fight, and I was like, uh-oh. But, you know, um, GDR just caught the recklessness, man. She choked her out, man. That's Pena's problem. Like, Pena, her defense and, you know, that recklessness is her problem. Myra Buena Silva taking over 135, though. <laughs> yeah. But um let's take a look here at these um rankings real quick. Um not much has changed. I still gotta talk some strawweight stuff too one of these days, man. We gotta talk about strawweight division. Like I really the more and more I look at strawweight right now, I still think that the top five is here to stay for a while, man, because the lower half, there's really nobody that's going to beat these experienced girls right now. Like, I mean, you know, you got, I mean, Carla would probably, Carla is out right now, but even then Carla's wrestling might give some of these other girls problems at the bottom. But with Suarez and Andrade and Wei Lee as the champ, I, I, I don't see, I don't see them girls going anywhere right now because, you know, I don't think Richie's ready. I don't think Ebos is fully ready. I don't think Pinero is ready. I don't think Lupi is ready for that that level after the last couple fights. We know Mackenzie Dern is not ready. I mean, after what happened to her in her last fight against Andrade. So I think the top five strawweights or top five or six, those 
these old heads ain't going nowhere. Even on the lower half, Angela Hill ain't going anywhere right now. You know, Angela Hill's not going anywhere. As long as she keeps fighting those those girls, she's gonna keep beating them. You know, Andrade still has something to offer against certain levels. Um, of course, uh, Lamos can still knock girls out. Suarez can beat a lot of these girls on the come up. You know, Ebos like took a lot of damage in that last fight, so I'm still not sure if she could ever get to that top. Like, if if Ebos ever came across somebody like Yan Jana, you know, Yan Jana might piece her up bad. You know. You know, Yan John, I would put them hands on E-Boss. For real. What you think, Easy? Like, Easy, what you think about that fight? Yan John versus E-Boss. I think, you know, I think, I think Yan John would put hands on her. If E-Boss don't get her to the ground or put her on her back, I think she takes, I think she picks her apart. Then, yeah, you got Loopy. You know, Loopy, like I said, she's got something about her that's really good, but. Loopy versus Andrade, man, Whew. or Marina Rodriguez. It's a lot of work that needs to be done, man. Just a lot of work that needs to be done. But I'll talk about that on another day, man. I'll talk about that on another day, maybe later this week. Suarez submits Ebos. Yeah, see stuff like that. You know, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that lower half beating any of the top five. Top six, top seven. Any of those old school girls, like even Marina, like I said, Marina Rodriguez can still beat a lot of them girls. Yeah, when, yeah, easy. When Yan Janan connects on Ebos, I think Suarez beats Ebos. I think Yan Janan does. Um, I think Andrade does. I think Marina still does. The only one she beat at the top was Verna, you know. And even then, you know, Verna could. Ernest getting all right. But Carlos Sparza, man. Hey, I wouldn't count out Carlos Sparza, man. I wouldn't count out Carlos Sparza against um against uh Ebos. I know people might think I'm crazy, but nah, man. Like Carla makes a fight ugly, man. And if Carla beats Ebos, I think oh Suarez. You know, I like I like Ebos too, man. I just think that some things about her, you know, kind of getting away. Like her heart sometimes. Todd says Suarez submits all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. But on that note, I am going to get up out of here now. Appreciate everybody coming through. I just want to come through and do another live podcast with y'all tonight. You know, on a Monday. I had a good chat, good crowd up in here on Monday. I appreciate y'all coming through. Uh, we do it again tomorrow, maybe. I'm off tomorrow. We got some other stuff to talk about. This, you know, got a, this year ain't up yet. Got a couple of things to discuss. What, what what's going on? Um, beginning of the year, nothing really though. I mean, it's not till like February or March, I believe, we're gonna start getting fights. You know, Aaron, Aaron calling for an interim flyweight fight. She says she she knows she's gonna fight Manon. So Aaron versus Manon for interim flyweight belt. Aaron's calling for that. I like it. Um, James says, "You think Canelo ducks David or what?" I think he ducks. I think yeah, Canelo's gonna be fighting Mongia next. I heard that too. 
Canelo, it's going to take some serious pressure for Canelo to fight David. I think, I honestly think he might vacate before he, he, I think he vacates some belts. I think he vacates some belts before he fights Benavidez, though. When they really start to pull his card or call his card, maybe he'll, maybe he'll fight him. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of pressure and a lot of money to get Canelo to fight Benavidez, though. I really don't know, though, man. I don't think he does. Everyone said she was doing well against both Shevchenko and GDR, got subbed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she was doing all right. It's just her recklessness gets her out of these fights, you know? Yeah, Benavidez is a mandatory. Because, yeah, much like we said with Aaron doing the interim, yeah, Benavidez is the interim better, uh, interim WBC champion. So he's going to have to do it. He better not vacate that WBC champ. Uh, WBC championship belt. Yeah, they need to go ahead and book that fight. Book Aaron Manone now. Interim flyweight belt, however you want to do it. Yeah, I Canelo was trying to duck him. I, I don't want to hear that stuff either. Like Canelo was doing the same thing we thought Wei Lee was saying. You know, he don't want to fight Mexican fighters. But I'm like, what? You better get out of here with that, man. Barrera, Barrera, Morales, they fought. You know, Juarez, you know, he fought um, Juan Diaz, Juan the Bull Diaz a couple of times. Mexicans fight Mexicans, man. It's like Chinese fighters will fight Chinese fighters. You know, black fighters will fight black fighters, you know. Both black fighters from Philly, they'll fight. Two black fighters from Philly will fight. Two white Irish guys will fight. Who cares, you know? So two Mexicans should fight. I don't care, you know. Two Aussies will fight. Don't matter. Nationality or color. Just just do it. That's how you prove who's the best, you know. He trying to pull that stuff like, oh, he only gonna fight, you know, Mexican fighters. No, nah, man, come on. That's a tired excuse. Oscar De La Hoya, Chavez, you know, they all fought. Uh they all fought Mexican fighters. Keep hearing that stuff, man. Let's go ahead and do it. Um, Has Loopy responded to Verna yet? I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. That's a good fight, too. I'm sure it might kick off the new year, right, though? You know, Verna says she'll be back early 2024, so that's a good fight to make. Right? Easy said Canelo's gone soft. Canelo got too rich, man. He got too rich with it. All right, y'all. But on that note, make sure y'all subscribe. Y'all know where the show is and everywhere, you know, right here on YouTube and so on. I might do a live on the boxing channel. I might do a live on the boxing channel like in another hour. So easy. You know where the boxing channel is. You go over there. I might be on there about like 11 might jump on that boxing channel and talk about Boo Boo and Katie Taylor and all of that over there. Yeah, let me do that. At 11 o'clock, I'm going to get on that channel, Easy e If you still up, all boxing, everything, I'm going to go over there and talk a little bit. Probably like 11.15, yeah. 11 o'clock, 11.15, whatever. I'm hungry. I need to eat a piece of cake. James said, what boxing channel? Uh, tonight, 
Oh, you know, you're, you're subscribed to it. Because I want to talk about a bit of video stuff, too, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. About about eleven o'clock, you'll see you'll see me on there in a little bit. I don't really do lives over there too much, but I need to start. Once boxing makes better fights, <laughs> once they stay consistent. You know? He said you know president. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. He said what you mean. I said, oh, I'll tap. Oh, the neck crank. Oh, okay. Um, oh, boy, y'all going in about that. All right, on that note, I am getting up out of here. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all, like always. Uh, right there, James. The other channel is right there. Right there in the, um, right there on the screen. Yeah, if you're not, it's right there. There you go. So, all right. Yep, yep. You're welcome, Brian. And I am out on that note. And y'all probably see y'all tomorrow. I'm going to eat me a piece of cake now. I'm hungry. I am out. Peace. <laughs>